Good evening and welcome back to another look. It's our last another look before we take a break for the summer months. Appreciate your uh, tuning in, whether this is your first or second or la uh, many times of tuning in. Um, as we think about uh, PM worship together in the fall, I would love to hear about your experiences with another look. And so um, reach out to myself or our worship coordinator, um, Heidi Wassink. <clears throat> but tonight, as we uh, look again at Revelation, particularly as we think about the book as a whole, I thought it would be worthwhile pulling way back and recognizing some of the different ways in which the book can be understood and how these uh, different approaches can help us um, keep a, a high level view and not get lost in the weeds. So let's uh, begin with prayer. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of Revelation and the hope and the promise that it gives us. As we reflect on it uh, tonight, um, we pray your, your blessing upon our time. In Christ's name, amen. So as I noted, there's a number of different ways to approach the book of Revelation, and uh, these approaches have been uh, used by Christians through, throughout the years. Um, some of these are uh, ones that have <clears throat> been used by the early church fathers and have uh, sort of hung around. Um, some of these approaches are a little newer, but as we'll see tonight, all of them have some uh, value to them in helping us to see what John is doing. So the first approach is to note that John marks off some of his sections with the phrase, what must soon take place or uh, what must take place after this. And this phrase occurs four times in the book, in Revelation 1, 1, in Revelation 1, verse 19, in Revelation 4, verse 1, when we transition from the letters to the throne room, and then again at the very end of the book, Revelation 22. What must soon take place? In other words, John's telling his readers and his hearers, uh, this is what God is about to do. Another way that's closely related to this theme is to note that John four times notes that he is caught up in the Spirit. We see this in Revelation 1 verse 10, in Revelation 4 verse 2, which is again the transition from letter to throne room. In Revelation 17 verse 3, he writes, The angel carried me away in the Spirit into a wilderness. And then in Revelation 21, verse 10, when John is ushered into the new city. In each of these, we uh, hear John noting that the Spirit is presenting him with a fuller picture, a fuller vision. And so the book uh, is sort of organized around these times of John being in the Spirit. <clears throat> A third way to recognize the organization of the book is a, a pretty obvious one, and it's to note that John is constantly using the number seven. We have seven letters. 
we have seven seals, we have seven trumpets, we have seven visions, we have seven bowls, we have seven judgments in chapter 17 through 19. We have seven last things in chapters 19 through 21. And then we have after that the eighth thing, sort of the uh, new resurrection day, which is the new city. In fact, the number seven appears 55 times in the 22 chapters of Revelation. That's more than two a chapter. And the number seven is the number of completeness. Uh, the number six is the mark of the beast. It's the number of incompleteness. It's the number of almost there. And so it's evident that John is using the number seven to show us how God is working out his perfect, complete plan. And we see this uh, number as a way of John organizing uh, his vision. Another way to note the another way to note the consistent place of the heavenly throne room and its centrality to what God is doing is to note the places where we are given glimpses into that throne room. John begins his letter to the churches in chapter 1 and then some specific encouragements in chapter 2 and 3, but then opens up this vision in the heavenly throne room in verse 4, verse 1. And if we remember that in Exodus 19, as the presence of God, as heaven descends to earth on Mount Sinai to meet with his people, we get earthquakes and thunder and lightning and hailstorm. As God and his presence comes closer and closer to his people, as heaven and earth are reunited, as what was separate is now brought together, we're given glimpses into the heavenly throne room as John notes the difficulty that the people of God are having as they wait. So we see the door of heaven opened in chapter 4, verse 1. In chapter 11, verse 9, we read that the temple in heaven is open and John sees the Ark of the Covenant. In chapter 15, verse 5, the temple slash tabernacle is open, but no one can go in until the sevens are complete. In chapter 16 of Revelation, after we hear it is done, it is finished, we get the earthquake, thunder, and lightning again. In chapter 19, verse 6, earthquake, thunder, lightning, as the wedding feast of the land is about to begin. And in verse 11, we see Heaven is open and the white rider, or the, the rider of the white horse, excuse me, uh, emerges. And so John sort of gives us glimpses into the heavenly throne room as a way of holding us uh, hopeful as God is uniting heaven and earth once more. Still another way to understand the book or to read the book is to see and here, the seven Beatitudes. There are seven Beatitudes in the book. Uh, chapter 1, verse 3. 
Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of prophecy, who hear it and take heart. Chapter 14, verse 13. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. 16, verse 15. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed. In 19, verse 9. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. In chapter 20, verse 6, blessed and holy are those who rest or who share in the first resurrection. Verse, uh, chapter 22, in verse 7 and in verse 14, blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy and who wash their robes in the blood of the Lamb. John tells us who the blessed are. And the blessed are those who find their hope and certainty in the promise of the Lamb. Throughout the persecution, throughout the tribulation, throughout the trouble and trials along the way. We note that in each one of these ways of understanding Revelation or seeing how John is organizing it, there's some validity, some value, and some truth in each way. But I highlight these different ways, not to say that one is the right way and the others are wrong, but to note that when we see these different ways of organizing the book of Revelation, we note that John has, John has a, a, a consistent theme in each of these. And the theme is that God is working out his plan. It's not willy-nilly. It's not throwing things against the wall and hoping they stick. That God, in his plan, is working out his will and way to unite heaven and earth to bring his presence and the people he loves into perfect unity. And that there are things that are happening as we, God's people, are waiting. But the promised blessing is sure. And so whether we are, are drawn to the blessings that are given whether we are drawn to seeing how the number of God's fullness and completeness is worked out, whether we are drawn to the image of heaven coming down, just as on Mount Sinai, and creation and God's people and history are being cleansed and refined, or whether we are simply drawn to the idea of seeing what may, must take place. John, under the inspiration of God, is telling us to remain faithful, to be hopeful, to endure. For there will be a day when all will be made right, and we'll, we will be at home forever in the presence of the Lamb. Let's pray. 
Again, God, it is challenging and it's sometimes difficult to not get stuck in the weeds of the book of Revelation. And yet there are a number of ways in which you have helped your people down through the years to see how John is providing a vision of hope and promise. And as we have reflected on a few of those ways tonight, we see that you are in control, that the love you have for your people is sure. It has been made apparent in the blood of the Lamb promises for those who hope and remain steadfast. God, help us as your people to remain faithful. We pray in Christ's name.